0: Episode 006. In this episode, we look at betrayal trauma, examples, symptoms, and we focus on anger after a major betrayal has occurred. Intro. Hey, people, this is your host, Daniel Duro. And if this is your first time here, I'm saying welcome to the BDSML community. This is the perfect community for the broken, dating, single, married, and (laughs) those that are lost in their relationships. Here, we believe everyone deserves to be happy, so every episode is specially created to help improve your relationships and love life. Without further ado, let's dive right into today's episode. Hey guys, so welcome to today's episode. So, we'll be continuing our trust series that we started last week, but before we continue let me give you a short gist of how my week went so this my week was very unproductive it was terrible you know terrible in a good way because i slept i slept i i slept like a frog throughout this week i would say i would do something and i would just find myself sleeping at some point i even thought i was pregnant and i was wondering who am i pregnant for for god's sake what was happening here i was not just vomiting i think that that was when i realized that oh you're just being lazy so I, w- I was mostly lazy very used i was like oh god god how can i be useless like this because last week last week and other weeks i've been extra extra i've been trying to deliver a whole lot but i don't know i just i just realized that oh maybe i don't have so much to do this week so i should relent but that's not true i had things i was supposed to do devotions all of that and i was not able to complete i have like 16 days I've been 12 days missing in my devotions I have not done because I had piled them up over like a long period of time. I have... Um, I have. I, I, one time I started my, my exercise, I started doing exercises, and after five days I gave up. And I, I promised myself that I was going to continue. But see, I wasn't able to continue this week. Nothing that I wanted to do was achievable this week. To make things even worse, this podcast, I'm supposed to have recorded it like Thursday or Friday, and time is 12.33. And I have, I'm just recording it. Sunday, I'm supposed to deliver by eight. Procrastination is a bastard. I don't even know how I became like this. But you know something, after like thinking about it in introspect or retrospect, I don't even know the English people use, but I shall not use that kind of English. After I start thinking about my situation, I realized that, well, if it's not coming, it's not coming. There's no need to push it, no need to rush it. The point is, I deliver before the appropriate time. Because I have to be accountable to you guys, and if I'm able to do that, then looking back, I'll say that my week was actually a nice one because I ate. Like I, I, have fat in places, you know. My family calls me fat, and I'm really proud because people don't usually call me fatty recently. So I'm really proud that oh, if I can deliver to you guys by eight, if you get, if you listen to this thing after eight o'clock, then just know that well, I had an amazing week. So point is, if you're also feeling like you're not productive, don't worry, my guy just um know that well if it's not coming it's not coming when it's time to be productive you will be productive but just ensure that whatever you have said you deliver just deliver it at that point whatever you say you do even if you waste time doing it do it yep so high five to all of us that were not productive and to those that were productive you guys are amazing you guys should keep up the good work you know give us some inspiration if you can once once you know so that's how my week went we'll be going into today's um class but continuing the trust race like i said and trust is actually so big so broad because i i, I even looked at the sub and I'm like ah, 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 these things are really deep deep things so it's very different from the communication that was just flowing so exciting and all broken trust is actually something that could affect somebody's entire life so you know we have to talk about it more, more solemnly and um the soft topics are things that you just have to listen to quietly, listen to, especially if you've had your trust broken at one point. So, we'll be starting today's um today's um episode with trauma. We're talking about trauma. Trauma is a form of broken trust. But we'll now look at betrayal trauma, which is a special type of trauma. Then we'll look at anger because anger is like the mid, like is a major um major recipe or a major tool or a major response yes i think response in the world anger is a major response when it comes to broken trust so we're looking at how anger can affect relationships and how we can try to manage our angers to ensure that it does not go overboard so anger in itself is not bad but how we manage that anger is the deciding factor so we'll be looking at that looking at one or two other things and uh, i hope you're going to gain a lot from today's episode let's dive right into it so trauma is defined as a deeply distressing and overwhelming experience that is commonly followed by emotional and physical shock so if it is left unresolved or untreated Traumatic experiences can lead to short-term or long-term challenges. So, so examples of traumatic events could be sudden death of a loved one. That's why when when you say that, so but I'm never supposed to explain this because it's something that you should be able to relate to. When a person dies that like you love, her, her kind of traumatic thing you feel would be terrible i have a friend that she has been complaining about um having really really bad times with dealing with deaths of people around her or and it's so bad that if she even sees on social media if she hears of the news of anybody's death it affects her negatively and she gets to remember all of these people that have died around her. So that is like a form of traumatic, it might not be so deep as, as, as those that um directly impacted, but see somebody that is not even so close to these people that have died, is feeling the impact of the trauma as a result of the death. So sudden death of a loved one can lead, lead to um, a traumatic experience or event. Physical or sexual assault, so when somebody has been raped could lead to that also witnessing violence me i'm an example so when i witness violence on social media it leaves me in a state of shock i usually tell people that witnessing violence is a true horror movie for me so even when i watch horror movies online oh i can sleep well but by the time i witness violence on my phone oh god i usually feel a certain type of way most times i won't be able to sleep I'll just be replaying the whole thing in my head leaving me with a little bit of a traumatic um, um what's the word traumatic Mm, feeling, I'll say feeling, the right word did not come, but feeling would work. Natural disasters, but we don't really have much of that here in Nigeria, but people across the world go through that. Car accidents, this same person that talked about, um, her, talked about how she felt about people around her dying, also went through a serious um, car accident. And that whole thing, combined with the loss of people, ha- has really been affecting her. The military combat, so those that have gone to war, and have come back most times, to go through traumatic um, disorders after they are back. So all of these are examples of traumas. But see, there's a special type of trauma, and that is um that is betrayal trauma. So in contrast to um, the normal trauma that I, I I just said you guys about not long, betrayal trauma occurs when someone we depend on for survival, or someone that was significantly attached to, violates our trust in a critical way. Hmm. Now this is very deep because. Other forms of trauma could include could involve people that were not so close to accidents. Could involve one mad person you really don't know, or or um something going wrong on the road. Natural disasters, of course, nature just just had the little fuck up and things went bad, and all of that. But betrayal trauma comes as a result of somebody that you trust, somebody that you're very close to. Let me give examples for you for you to be able to relate. So contacting. Sexually, a sexually transmitted disease from a supposedly faithful partner could lead to betrayal trauma and you'll be in shock like hey so this person that was forming faithful can give me hiv or this person can give me gonorrhea and the person who goes through that situation is going to have a lot of psychological breakdowns because of what this person has done another example is discovering evidences of um, spouses sex addiction so when your spouse is addicted sexually or when you find the person masturbating without you knowing that this person even does that or or the person is fighting um, other forms of sexual addiction that could lead to a traumatic event for a betrayal traumatic event for you as a partner or sexual or physical abuse by a parent so when, not even just parents, parents, families, close ones. So when a person goes through... Rape by his or father or mother or or uncle brother sister all of that it could lead to a betrayal trauma and finally financial deceitfulness in marriage so not even marriage just even relationships so in today's uh, monologue series you see a perfect example of that and that is when Mike if you have not watched it please go and watch it on Instagram B community underscore underscore and you see that Mike. He uses the money that him and his babe, or his babe and himself, have saved for a long time to get rent. He uses it, uses all that money to bet, and that is financial deceitfulness. So, when your partner does not manage finances properly, and you think that everything is going well, and one time you just find out that oh my god, all of this money has gone, then it could lead to betrayal trauma for you. So you can say that the difference between. Ordinary trauma and betrayal trauma, is there are like two differences, major differences. And the first one, that the person is in um, a close relationship with the victim, that's if you're the one that is going through the trauma or if you're the one doing the trauma, you're in a close relationship with the person you're betraying or vice versa and uh, and it's actually more destabilizing than any other form of trauma because this person is close to you. The second difference is the fact that um, there's a high risk of reoccurrence. So. Because you're in a close relationship with this person, there's a probability that this thing will keep occurring. And there's a probability that you say keep going back because this person is already close to you. It will take a great amount of effort for you to break out of this kind of betrayal. But other ones, if you have a car accident or something, really, the person moves on, you move on, you buy another car, the person goes on with his life, or you treat your injuries, or stuff like that. So you can see that betrayal trauma is actually a very serious thing and some sim- symptoms of betrayal trauma would be anxiety so you start feeling anxious you have um hyper and <laughs> and i'll talk about i don't know if i'll have time but i'll talk about hypervigilance and hyper hiding maybe later on in this episode so hypervigilance is another symptom of betrayal trauma when you've when you've gone through that kind of experience Some other symptoms are you'll be feeling overwhelmed you'll go through withdrawal and isolation Yep, Um, difficulty concentrating. So you keep thinking about the situation over and over and over. You have difficulty regulating intense emotions. So your your emotions will become fleeting, mixed, and you have problems managing your emotions. You could even go through avoidance. So you do not want to spend time with this person. You don't even want because even seeing the person's picture on social media could make your heart skip many beats. You have flashbacks. Obviously, these are symptoms. Flashbacks. As many as possible as as frequent as possible you have negative thoughts towards the person towards life towards yourself you have um detachment and numbness so you find yourself detaching yourself from people which is which is at the result of the fact that you don't even trust anybody anymore a major one that people would even realize is sleep and appetite disturbances so sometimes you just lose your appetite completely you'll not be able to eat you'll not be able to sleep well i'm sure you've gone through most of these things especially if you've gone through betrayal trauma and uh, um you could have headaches you could have migraines so when you've gone through a major betrayal sometimes you you find your head your head pounding because you're overthinking and overstressing the whole situation so most times something happens to the person who has experienced a major betrayal that the person who was betrayed in the relationship the first stage is really insanity <laughs> so this person automatically starts feeling like he's going he or she is going crazy he or she starts doing things that he or she would never have thought he would do extreme cases of this would be when the person tries to retaliate and ends up killing the husband or the wife or the boyfriend or the girlfriend this is either referred to as matricide in case of killing the husband or exuricide when it comes to killing the wife so these are like like, like ex- extreme cases i'll give you examples so most times whenever a major betrayal has happened instantly the first stage is insanity you feel like you're, you're going to go crazy you don't understand what is happening anymore you don't know who to trust you get very scared you start acting very irrationally you cannot think straight you have very negative thoughts and you just want to explode and do something really harmful so you must know that it is it's okay to feel crazy but it is not okay to act crazy and it is definitely okay to believe that you're fine and you're not crazy and that this is a normal thing that would happen to you whenever you've gone through a major betrayal so here are examples i'll give one of a supposed betrayal and one of a true betrayal so the first one of a supposed betrayal is king herod that's king herod the great now he had the second wife that's miriam the first strangled for suspected adultery But eventually, they realized that she was actually innocent of those charges. Now, he he had gone through that crazy phase, the first stage as the insanity stage, and he ordered that his wife um, gets killed, but then they found out that she was actually innocent, according to Josephus, and re- and Herod regretted his action, and it almost caused him to go more insane, like now actual insanity. So you can see that if he had not, if he had calmed down, he had not acted crazy. It's okay to feel crazy, but it's not okay to act crazy. If he had not acted crazy, he might have not killed an innocent person. Second example is a guy that um he skipped his work to throw a surprise party for his ex, that that was like his girlfriend at that point and this person cheated right in front of him with one of the guests at the party and the next day he got fired at work and because he was in that crazy stage, the next thing he did was to get acid and pour it on the girl, so, so yes, it's okay to feel that way, so this person has done something really really horrible but please ensure that no matter how crazy you feel, you know that you're not crazy. And please, never try to act crazy. Never try to do something you would regret. Because eventually, when you look at the whole betrayal situation, most times you want to get back with the person. Especially if the relationship was working well. So you always want to get back with the person. So at the point of your anger, never try to do something drastic or crazy. If you catch your partner cheating on you, don't try to harm any of them. Most times, just walk away. Walk out of the situation. It could be really hurtful. But please, at all points, never try to be crazy whenever you go through a major betrayal. Now, after this um this feeling of the craziness because it will last for a while it could last for a month it could last for a few weeks but it will last for a while now when this feeling has subsided you're going to enter a new stage and this is like a very critical point and that is anger so you go from feeling very crazy trying to do drastic things you now relax and you calm down and then you become really really angry and this anger could go for years it could go for months go for weeks so now this is like a major aspect i would like to dwell on in today's episode what happens when you now get to the anger stage in after a major betrayal so something happens at, um at, at this anger stage you usually have something called the betrayal fight now in this betrayal fight is usually between the person who has been betrayed and the person Um, who did the betraying and usually the person who has been betrayed will try as much as possible to convince the person who did the betrayal that that person is very unreliable and there's something I realized I realized that well when a person betrays you it is not always usually because the person does not care about you a large number of times, people who betray you actually do care about you. But you know, human beings could act very stupid sometimes. Human beings could get very careless. People could um, forget themselves. People could not have seen things the way you saw it and would have acted in such a way that would end up betraying you. Yeah. So most of these people care. And by the time you start attacking this person because you're angry and you start saying things like this person is not reliable and this person has apologized over a long period of time, he or she starts getting angry that ah, i've apologized to you now why i used to angry why i used to anxious and that is the classical um, betrayal fight so um the person who has been betrayed tries to let the other person know that um he or she is unreliable but the other person retaliates not really retaliates, but but um attacks back and says that see i know that i have fucked up i know i've done something bad but um I'm not totally unreliable. I know I have screwed up, but me myself, I'm not screwed up. And so when when this fight goes on and goes on, the person who has been betrayed now gets to feel like this other person does not entirely care about him or her. Yeah, so that that, that happens. Now, there's something you must note. You must know that anger was put, anger is an emotion that was given to us by God, not as something negative. Like I said in the communication series, I think in part one or part two, emotions and there's no positive or negative emotions they are no good or bad emotions they are just what they are so and anger is an emotion so when you feel anger you just know that there's something that has triggered this particular emotion and you need to fix it so you would you would find people um get angry because of many reasons especially after a betrayal and most times what they get to feel is that the other party does not care about them now uh Anger, most times after a betrayal, could get really, really, really hot. It could get really, really wild. You could go angry for months, for weeks, for, for years, like I said before. Now, there's something that anger could help you do. So anger could help you know if this person truly cares about you. So at that point, you know you're already feeling, oh, this person does not care about me. How could he or she have done this to me? But with anger, you can be able to test the person enough to know the person cares about you so that you could go on with your trust healing process and this is called the anger test and what this basically um is is the fact that and this thing happens so naturally you might not even know that you're doing the anger test uh, but let me explain it so when you're angry at a person and the person has betrayed you you get to say things to the person yes you get to torture the person emotionally because the person has actually tortured you, so you get to do it back to the person through anger. What the other person does in return would be, most times, to stick to stick with you. So that is when you find the person being very remorseful, trying to do everything to make up for that relationship. Now, when you when you prolong that anger a little bit, like you prolong it for a considerable amount of time, so let's say normally you're supposed to be angry for like two weeks or three weeks. Let's just say anger does not have a time limit really, but you extend it to two months and the person still stays there. Like the person is still accountable, the person is still really sorry, the person is still trying to make things work, and the person has pass that anger test and has shown that he or she truly cares about you. Some other people are going to walk away from you. Some other people cannot even take that amount of stress. You're going to make them go through or torture. So when you when you feel anger, automatically you would want to put that person through that anger test. Like it happens so naturally. Do not, I'm not saying that you should try to do it every time because too much anger is bad. We'll get to that. But naturally God has designed in such a way that the anger test always comes off and When you find the person still sticking around, still being very remorseful for what he or she has done, they know that the person truly cares about you. That's like the answer to one of the deep questions you'll be asking yourself, which is the fact that do you care about me? And so the person automatically, after sticking through the whole torture you're going to um, take, take the person through, has passed that anger test and you know that the person cares about you. So we can move on to other things. Then you find yourself asking many questions you keep asking this person lots of questions why did you do this now at this point you just want to know everything you want to know what really happened you want to know every detail let's say it was um um infidelity the person cheated on you you want to know all about the other party what they did where they did it how they did it why they did it you want to ask all of these questions and it's a normal thing for you to want to find out so you get to ask and ask and ask and guess what during all of that process (laughs) anything the person tells you is a lie i mean from your own point of view you would not see even if the person is telling the truth you would depend pers- everything the person says to you would not make any sense it's going to be very stupid answers to it to get to a point where the person himself would be confused about what he's even to say to you so that he does not get you angry he would also tend to lie to you especially when your anger has gone on for a very long period of time or is really hot and really wild the person will be so scared that he starts to lie or not tell you few things just to not get you angry so so you get to that point and these are like stages of anger so you get to that point where you you keep asking many questions and every time the person answers it's it's a total the answers are usually totally rubbish they don't make sense to you they might be true but they will never make sense to you and and then there's a reason why actually there's a reason why which i'll talk about very soon i'll talk about that very soon but you just want to know that this also happens where you ask and ask and ask lots of questions and that's because you want closure and it is not bad But you will not need to know how much anger is too much. How much anger. So anger is bad. An angry person is a very scary person. And like I've said before, yes, anger is okay. It's okay for you to show that you're angry because it helps you get clarity whether the person does care about you. But then again, too much of it is bad. Too much of it will definitely push the person away. And you will not expect your partner to go through too much of your anger and still remain there after a very long period of time because he or she is also a human being you need to know that that your partner is also a human being and there's as much as that person can take yeah so if anger goes on for a very long period of time um, it's normal for the other person to blow up it's normal for he or she to start feeling like you're controlling him or her or you're abusing him or her because definitely at some point you'd be tending to do those things so too much anger um, can kill a relationship even when it was never supposed to die, especially after a major betrayal. So you want to ensure that you do not get too angry, that your partner starts feeling like um, this anger is over-projected or this anger is too much and it is becoming unnecessary. So I'm sure you're wondering, how do I ensure that my anger does not become unnecessary to my partner, that I am not doing this, I'm not overdoing this anger thing? Well, there's a timetable, I have a timetable for you. And it's called the post betrayal Timetable by Mira. And Mira is the author of, I love you, but I don't trust you. So here she says that, well, normal people, after a lot of interviews she has had with people and a lot of therapy sessions, she realized that normal people go through a certain amount of anger over a long period of time and she's been able to document all of these processes and she has been able to get like a few figures to show that oh this should be the normal range of a person's anger and if you're going off of this range then you know that you're supposed to bring it back to normal so here's the post betrayal timetable. i'll be taking it according to the timing so the first timing is at the end of the first month so at the end of the first month yes your anger is still overwhelming your anger is still a whole lot and this is very normal but you should be able to realize two things at the end of the first month and that is the fact that your anger should not be so intense it should not be so white hot that it's 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 really doing bad things to your relationship like once in a while you should have this um cool off period where you're not so angry anymore but then again, it switches back. So you should be able to have tiny, tiny bits of cool-off period in the first month. That's one. And secondly, your anger will not be so intense that you're doing crazy things to hurt the other person or hurt yourself. So tiny bits of um, cool-off period and you're not more doing crazy things as opposed to when the betrayal thing happened at first. So the next timing is by the end of the um, first three months. So by the end of the first three months of your post-betrayal, you should... Be able to have sane, productive conversations with your partner, and you guys should be able to do things like cooking together, having your friends come over without there being any residual feelings like there would be no fight, there would be no arguments when these things happen. You should be able to at least have a productive um, um, conversation or a productive activity with your partner, and this way you know that okay. I'm still within the normal range. If anything aside this is happening, then you should know that "Hmm, something is really wrong with my anger and I should watch it or something is wrong with this whole setting and I should find something to do about it. The next timing is by the end of the first six months. So by the end of the first six months, you would still be having flashes of anger. You would still be reminded. You would still not trust this person 100%. But then you'd realize that you're no more as angry as usual. So let's say you're angry 70% of the time, and 30% of the time, we're not angry. The figures switch and they change. So you're usually more. Um, you're usually less angry than you used to be so let's say it's now become like a, a 60 40 thing or a 70 30 thing So you're less angry than you usually are and things can now start working better for you The next timing will be by the end of the first year So at this point occasionally you would have flashes of anger and all Especially when something would remind you of what this person has done But generally speaking you would be able to say that you are no longer angry and as far as the relationship is concerned you're you're not angry anymore but you might not feel that complete trust that you want to feel sure but you are not angry anymore you feel it deeply that "Mm, i'm not angry about this thing this person has done and we can now move on then the final um timing here is by the end of the first two years. So by the end of the first two years, all form of anger is almost mostly gone and trust has been restored in your relationship. So you're neither angry at the person, and yes, you're, you're now trusting the person a whole lot more than before. And usually the relationship at this point is, is most times better than it was because after going through um, the trust healing process with the person, intimacy is built and there's more connection with the person who has been betrayed and all of that. And you guys feel generally close than before you've been able to know deeper things about the other person things you didn't know before and the mutual has brought you guys closer together so at the end of these two years you should realize that I'm, i'm no more angry and i now trust this person but if you now find out that after two years you still feel a whole lot of anger you still do not trust this person that something is wrong and it is going overboard the anger thing is going overboard or something is not being dealt with properly and this is when you would need to address it so most times this advice is usually for people in relation um, in marriages but it could also apply to people in relationships So, so let's say you guys are in really long relationships and after two years you have not been able to forget what this person had done and you still don't trust the person you're still constantly angry like really really angry about things then there's something wrong with the whole setting so if you're wondering how do i keep my anger in check well i have one or two tips for you so the first one is having an anger journal and this anger journal serves as an um, escape medium or as as a a pot for you to pour all the anger that you feel without necessarily hurting the person who has betrayed you Yes, so you get to write all the things you feel, how you feel them into that book, uh, and you release all of that anger energy into that book without anybody being hurt. So the next step would be, or the next option for you to control your anger is by talking to a friend, like venting all that anger to a friend, a counselor, a therapist, or a pastor yeah your pastor or whoever is in church that could listen to you so this way the, the point is you do not want to, you want to express your anger boy you do not want to say hurtful things to this person so you can say all the bad things to your friend to all of that without the person knowing without the person feeling hot about the things you're saying so express all of those things to your friends to your pastors counselors all of that and it helps to release that anger energy you feel and this way you're able to um control all of that anger because by the time you most times emotions need a way you can let them out so if there's no way for you to let out your anger you feel frustrated and all that and if if by chance you catch that your partner you would want to express all of that on that person and hurt the person Directly or indirectly, so talking venting to friends and is also a very good way of controlling your anger. Another way is to agree with your partner. Now, this is this is really really tricky because you and your partner would have to agree that okay, I am going to vent all my anger to you, but you are not supposed to act on 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 things I'm going to say. You're not supposed to take these things personal. I just need an outlet, and I need you to know. I need you to listen to me and know what you've truly done and how much. Um, hurt i feel from things you've done to me and if your partner is willing to do it then all good and fine so what what happens here is that the person sits down to you and listens to you rant um, listens to you vent listens to you express yourself but he or she would not take in case you say hurtful things he or she would not take it personal he or she would not act on the things you say he's just going to listen to you you could put a timer you could in case the thing is getting built up you could tell the person that okay if this thing is getting really bad i would like you to just let me know and, or and you leave or we I, I stop so you could want to have timers let's say you want to rant for five minutes with the person ten minutes it depends on um the emotional intelligence between both of you so if your partner agrees to this then it could be it's, it, could, it could go a long way in solving um your trust issues with uh, and based on the betrayal that has happened another thing you will want to try to do is to have um um, filters on your mouth so it's still it's still very linked to the point i gave earlier you want to express yourself express that anger to your partner but you would not want to say hurtful things you want to explain things like say i know that this anger is taking a long time i know but i really just need a way to express all of the things i feel and i would not want you to feel somehow about it and i'm and you try as much as possible not to say hurtful things to your partner yeah, irrespective of what the person has done because you, you're going through the healing process. If you want everything to scatter, fine, blow the whole thing up. But here we're trying to see how you can solve these problems because it's, it's something you want to do. So you would not, not necessarily want to say hurtful things. Express that anger you feel but do not act on it. Don't go crazy about it and don't say hurtful things that will get the person... To become angry in return or sad or, or or disturbed and things get worse the final thing you might want to do is to tell the person what you need to feel safe and this is very important i think it's the most important point because if the person does not know what to do things are just going to end up being like that so you need to know what you you want to feel safe and you need to tell your partner what he or she can do to help you feel safe and hopefully the person you're able to express that enough to the person and person if the person does a good job at helping you feel safe then you guys are really going to be able to solve this um, betrayal issue but if you're not able to express yourself properly then little or nothing can be done but see there's, there's a particular situation where the person might not be able to do it or the person might not even know what to do and this leads to one or two um, points I'll be giving you. So uh, those are the steps you could use to um, to manage your anger. So let's look at one or two points. These points are, are, they might just be scattered, but they are really, 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 really important points that we we'll need to discuss before we end today's class. So the first one is being seen. Now this is I, I found this one really, really interesting. So you might want to really pay attention to this one. The act of being seen. So you know, sometimes you might have gone through a betrayal, and you find yourself always mentioning or going over the things that the betrayal has done to you, or you keep going over how this betrayal has really affected you to your partner. And then your partner might cry. Let's say it's a girl, might cry about it. Let's say it's a guy. Yeah, guys still cry. So the guy might cry about it, be really remorseful. But it's not really changing the fact that you're still complaining about. whole betrayal thing and nothing is nothing seems to be getting better and the hope the person crying does not really do anything for you It's not really solving the problem and this is why i found it really interesting and it is actually still based on the fact of the 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 concept of being seen so let me try to put in a literal way so let's say a guy cheats on a girl and this relationship was so serious that eventually they got to break up or they are going through that whole betrayal stage everything has scattered and people around them know church members know family members know and all of that what happens is that the person that has been betrayed as a girl goes through a terrible betrayal trauma like i've said before now all the places like let's say it, it, she caught them in the house yeah various corners in the house will not be safe for that person even that house itself will not be safe because by the time she gets there she just gets to remember that oh this terrible thing happened in this house. Okay, let's use Oga Madame situation. Oga uh, Madame comes back and catches Oga with the maid. That house is going to be contaminated. What would friends say? What will family members say? What would church members say? That is the amount or the extent of um, damage that has been done to that woman. So when the man is crying and all of that, being remorseful, it does not really take away the trauma. And the disgrace and all of that that the woman is going to feel and if the man does not discuss and make the woman realize that i know what i have done and i know how bad this thing is the woman keeps complaining about the situation until the man can go over the situation in the exact ways the woman sees it so and and, and at this point the man would be able to now tell how much disaster he has caused to the woman. So by the time he starts explaining he starts going over like trying to explain to the woman that okay I know that this house will not feel safe for you. You can I know that you'll be feeling that this chair I've done things on this chair. I know how how uncomfortable you'll be are going to the shopping mall and people will be looking at you and saying this is not the woman that her husband cheated on her. I know that I know how you feel when you go to church and everyone is whispering. I know, I know. Like you're able to make this person understand that you truly understand how they feel and how much you have hurt them. At that point, you see the person and the person gets automatically will start getting better because the person understands that you understand. So if you're currently going through a betrayal stage, you would need to see whoever, whether you're a guy or a girl, you would need to properly understand what the person is truly going through for the person to calm down. I found because I, I think I've been in this stage before where I was not necessarily understanding the person I might have betrayed, and it works in various ways. Not not just relationships, not just um, sexual abuse, not just um, infidelity, any form of betrayal. Until you're able to understand and see the person and see the damage you've done, then things might not really go forward. So ensure that you analyze the situation and make the person understand that I, I get you. I know. much damage i have caused and i'm ready to make up for it so the last point i'll make before i end today's episode is the fact that whenever there is a betrayal there's usually problem from both sides of the like both parties in the relationship and both people would need to take responsibility for what they have done just take your own know the things you've done and take it if you need the other person to let you know what you've done and if truly that's what you've done own it but please there are some things you should not do do not talk about whose share is bigger like who did, who was the person that did the bigger or did the, the more hurtful thing don't talk about it and don't also try to defend yourself yeah it is the person's reality it is what the person feels what the, what the person says to you is how the person feels so don't try to defend defend yourself and to not try to apportion a bigger blame to one party or the other. You guys should just own whatever the other person has said you've done, own it. And if you have truly done it, own it and try to um find a way to ensure the whole thing works. So we have come to the end of today's episode. From next week we'll look at how the trust building process can begin. What we need to do to heal that broken trust in the relationship. I've been able to dissect trust so much i've talked about anger i've talked about um betrayal betrayal trauma i've talked about um how you can manage your anger so we'll start the trust healing process like steps to ensure that that relationship gets better because now we know the foundations of most things so this week's song is a theme song for the train and This week, I just had many people text me, DM me, and say, ah, Daniel, have you watched The Train? an amazing Christian movie. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 I've not watched it yet. So I went on YouTube, made some researches, and then I was able to watch how the theme song was made, that's the song I'm about to share with you guys. And then listening to it, it just reminds me of what is really important as children of God, like what we should truly focus on and i love this theme song so much that i'm willing to share with you guys this week so ladies and gentlemen the theme song of the train if you've not watched the movie go ahead and get it to watch the theme song for the train enjoy i'll speak to you next week bye heart, and the burden in my spirit, it is for my generation, are we living according to his plan, there's a path and purpose for every man, there's a calling for greater God is calling will you